Thank you, Jill and choir. And thank you for sharing in this time of worship. As we come to this Christmas Eve, having come through our Advent journey, welcoming Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. And also with you. And grace and peace to us all in the one who is born to us, our Savior, this night. What a joy it is to gather with you, to anticipate gathering at the Lord's table. What special time for our children and sharing in the lighting of the candles toward the end of the service as well. I invite us to stand. Our call to worship is before us. On this holiest of nights, we come joining the shepherds who are stunned by wonder. On this most silent night, we come our hopes and dreams join those of Mary and Joseph. On this night of carols and candlelight, we come our glad songs joining with the choirs of angels over us.
seated. We find our opening prayer before us in our bulletins, and I invite us together to go to God as we pray. O God, who spoke all creation into being, when you created human flesh, we betrayed you by our disobedience. When you led us out of slavery in Egypt, we doubted and defied you, yet you chose to come among us through your Son, Jesus Christ, who suffered death on our behalf, putting an end to the power of sin and to death. For this great gift of your steadfast hope, we give you thanks. Help us, O Lord, to keep vigil this night. Help us to watch for the signs of your coming into our midst, not in the splendid palaces of power, but in hearts humbled by need. Help us to believe that the darkness of cruelty and sin will never overcome the light and the mercy of Christ. Help us to endure, knowing that the evil and injustice of this world cannot prevail against your word. We ask this in the name of your word made flesh, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
wish to invite the Underwood family, Carter and Tiffany, Neil and Finley, to come forward. We know that each Sunday during Advent, it is a gift to be able to light an Advent candle for that particular Sunday. And these candles have brought us to this night when we light the candles and the Christ candle as well. Once the Underwood family has finished in lighting these candles, the sung response, the Advent chorus is before us, and our choir will then lead us in that sung response. For a child has been born unto us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from the time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him in the inn. Then an angel of the Lord stood before the shepherds and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you you will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. On this night of nights, the promised one appears, full of grace and truth. For those who trust the power of God, a new way of living is made possible. Isaiah foretells it. Luke tells what happened. We are offered an opportunity to join the celebration, to join ourselves to the zeal of the Lord of hosts, to go with the shepherds to the place where love is born, to join the heralds of redemption in praise of God for this holy birth. On Christmas Eve, we are offered a sacred treasure. Let us come to the light of lights. Let us be upheld in hosts, hope, peace, joy, and love. Let us bow before the manger. Let us prepare to become good news in a weary world. May Christ be born in us this night and forevermore. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. God has brought light into every darkness. The promises of God are fulfilled. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We hear even today a chorus of angels bringing good news of great joy to all the people. We light the candle of Christ, witness to the Savior who is in Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors.
you again, choir. I wish to invite Lee Showman to come forward, and all of our children as well. We have a special children's time during this time of worship, and I see some lovely children out there. And Lee, thank you for leading the children uh, in this time of worship, and uh, children, we want you to come forward. You don't know? I bet some of you have been thinking about some things you want for Christmas. I'm sure you have one. But we're going to read a book. A portable DVD player. That sounds great. You can watch your shows all the time. So we are going to read a book that is called What God Wants for Christmas. We'll have to see. Let's read and find out. This book is by Amy L. Bradford. In the beginning, God started to plan to bring about Christmas, and it would be grand. Here he would launch a gift-giving tradition. I'll tell how it started, so please pay attention. But before we get into this story's heart, let me explain how I play a part. I was involved a long time ago. As angel and speaker, it's God's words I know. For I stand in his presence. I'm Gabriel, and God wants you to hear the story I tell. For my words will offer his great gift to you, and you'll know what he wants when the story is through. What God wants for Christmas, it's to you a surprise. In box number seven, it is disguised. But no peeking, be patient, for this you must wait. It's what you offer him, and it's really great. Will you open box number one and put it in the nativity? Yeah. The story began when Isaiah did tell that a virgin would give birth to Emmanuel. That name is special. It means God with us. And one day in this child, many would trust. So when the time came, I was appointed to tell the young woman that she was anointed. I said to her, Mary, you're God's chosen one, and you will give birth to God's only son. How can this be? For this isn't typical. Indeed, it's not. We call it a miracle. God's Holy Spirit will help you give birth to God in the flesh. He'll live here on earth. God says to name this baby boy Jesus. Mary said, yes, 
may God do as he pleases, for I am his servant, and I will obey so God can use me in this special way. What God wants for Christmas is to you a surprise. In box number seven, it is disguised. But no peeking, be patient. For this you must wait. It's what you offer him, and it's really great. number two and put it in the nativity. You're holding the nativity. There she is. Who is it, guys? Mary. Mary. Sweet Mary now knew she'd be Jesus's mother, but moms need some help. She needed another, and Jesus would soon need a here-on-earth dad. God knew all that. Here's the plan that he had. God had a man named Joseph in mind. He'd make a good husband who's loving and kind. So one night, God sent an angel to speak instructions to Joseph while he lay asleep. Joseph, take Mary. She'll be a good wife. This marriage is still God's plan for your life. God's spirit has given her a baby within. His name will be Jesus. He'll save you from sin. What God wants for Christmas is to you a surprise. In box number seven, it is disguised. But no peeking, be patient, for this you must wait. It's what you offer him, and it's really great. Will you open number three and put it in? Well, no, let's see. Tell us who it is. Joseph, will you put him in the nativity, Jackson? You see? Oh! Can you see it this way so he can get over there? It's okay. We'll have to see. Did you see a donkey? Thank you. It's up there. After a while, there came a decree, go back where you're from originally. So this couple set out to Bethlehem town, and when they arrived, they looked all around. But the inns were too full, no room for two guests. And Mary was tired, she needed to rest. No rooms are empty, the innkeeper said, but then an idea popped into his head. My stable's not much, but there you can stay. I'll give you this manger, a feed trough with hay. Later on, in the quiet of night, to Joseph and Mary's excited delight, she gave birth to God's son. It was not a surprise. God said it would happen, and he never lies. God gave the first gift that first Christmas day. He gave us the Christ, the babe in the hay. But that is not all. God wants something grand and offering to him the point of his plan. You're right. You did get the baby Jesus. Can you put him in there? You can bring it up there. You can. What God wants for Christmas, it's to you a surprise. In box number seven, it is disguised. But no peeking. Be patient for this. You must wait. It's what you offer him. And it's really great. During the night. When all was quite still, shepherds were sheep watching out on a hill. A savior is born, boomed a rushing wind voice. I hear old Messiah, it's time to rejoice. Now what stood before them? An angel in white with eyes full of fire and stature of might. Go to Bethlehem now, in a stable you'll find a babe in a manger, that is your sign. Then finding a stable where they saw a light shine through the wallboards and into the night, the shepherds looked in and what did they see? A manger, a baby, they fell to their knees. So this must be him. This is the sign. They had found Jesus, the Savior divine. These shepherds joined in the first celebration of Christmas because of this grand revelation. What God
God wants for Christmas is to you a surprise. In box number seven, it is disguised. But no peeking, be patient for this. You must wait. It's what you offer him, and it's really great. What did you get? The shepherd. Can you put him up here? Okay. Now, way in the east lived some men who were wise. They saw a new star when they looked through the skies. This must be the star written here in our book. It tells of a, of a king. Let's go take a look. So they followed this star till it finally rested where Mary the mother and Jesus were nested. When they stepped inside, they all fell to the floor to worship the king, but then there was more. These men gave him frankincense, myrrh, and fine gold to honor the one the new star had foretold. Then in a dream, they learned not to go back. By way of King Herod, he planned to attack. So they chose to go home a different way. The child's location they did not betray. As Mary thought through these events in her mind, she said, God is so loving, protective, and kind. What God wants for Christmas, it's to you a surprise. In box number seven, it is disguised. But no peeking, be patient. For this you must wait. It's what you offer him, and it's really great. We'll have to wait and see. What did you get, Sally? A wise man. Thank you. There's only one box left. What God wants. What God wants for Christmas. Now here's the surprise in box number seven where it's been disguised. Peek in the box for so long you have waited. What God wants is? Who's in there when you look in it? It's a mirror. So who do you see when you look in it? yourself. What God wants is you, the one he created. Me, you ask, why is it so? I cannot wrap me and put on a bow. No, you cannot, but what you can give are the choices you make and the life that you live. God wants you to know him and love him within, and this is called worship and offering to him. To do this, trust Jesus who died in your place when you didn't deserve him, that is called grace. Pray now and offer your life and your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you. I'd like a new start. Forgive me today for the sins I've committed, so one day in heaven I will be permitted. When you pray this decision, the heavens rejoice that you have made worship of God your life's choice. God wants you to know him, so choose every day to love God and thank God and give him all praise. Lee and our children, we thank you so much for sharing with us the wonderful message that God wants us for Christmas. As our children return the pieces uh, to the right places, I'm going to invite us to stand as we sing The Friendly Beast.
from the Gospel of Luke. We share Luke's account of the birth of Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word proclaimed so often, but proclaimed one more time this night. It is a word ever new, a word ever inspiring, a word ever speaking of your love for us and the gift to us of Christ our Lord. Amen. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be enrolled, each to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to be delivered. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in that region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of our Lord. Well, I grew up in Harrisonburg, Virginia, as the youngest of five children. Being the youngest, for me, meant a couple of things. One, it meant that, yes, to a certain degree, I was spoiled. It also meant this. I was picked on frequently by my older brothers and sisters. Now, one of the ways in which these older siblings enjoyed picking on the youngest was by exploiting my fear of the dark. So one of these siblings would distract me in a hallway in our home while another opened a closet door, and together they would shove me in the closet, leaving me banging on the door, begging to be left out before all the beasts within that closet got to me. I also remember this. There was near the corner on which our house stood 
a particular sewer grate. Whereas my siblings and I and other neighborhood children enjoyed playing various games outside, it was not unusual for the baseballs or softballs or tennis balls with which we played to find their way down this sewer grate. When this happened, a couple of us would crouch over the steel cover allowing access to the sewer and each of us would then grab one of the handles on either end of the cover and lift it up so that one of us could then crawl into the sewer and retrieve any stray ball. Yes, you guessed it. On those occasions when I was the one to go and retrieve whatever ball happened to find its way into the sewer, once I was in the sewer, the heavy covering would then be lowered back into place, leaving me at least a little while, though it felt much longer, in darkness. Well, thank you, thank you. Yes, well, I'm going to outlive all those siblings, so. Yes. Well, I'm not the only one, am I, to have known discomfort, fear in the darkness, and to tell you the truth, I'm still not terribly fond of the dark, which can make this time of year a challenging time. It is true, we have come just a few days ago through the winter solstice, meaning the days are in fact growing a little bit longer, the sun rising a bit earlier each day and setting a bit later each evening. Still, we know the experience, going to work in the dark, getting home in the dark. We know the experience of wanting to stay home in the evenings because we just don't want to go out after dark. But we're here this evening. Darkness all around us, arriving in darkness, leaving in darkness. Are we afraid tonight? Well, perhaps we are, and if we are, that's understandable. And if that's true, we see that we are not the first. The shepherds we heard were afraid at the angel's appearance as the angels announced the news of the birth of Jesus. Now, we accept this announcement as wonderful, joyous, good news, and of course it is. Still, we understand how something so new, so surprising, so out of our control can unsettle us. I mean, if God can break into our lives in such a startling, dramatic, unprecedented fashion as this, who is to say what else this God can do in the lives of each of us here? Still, we may wonder, a child cannot so disrupt and unsettle our lives, can it? I mean, if God wants to enter into our lives, if God wants to transform life as we have always known it, he can certainly do this in a much better fashion than just coming to us as, as a newborn child. Well, you know, there were those in the early church the early Christian church, there were those who simply could not and would not 
except the idea that any God would dare take upon himself human flesh, taking his place in such fashion amongst us human beings, being found in human form. Just what kind of God, they wondered, would so humiliate himself? It certainly is not in the nature of gods to behave like that. We've never known a God to behave in this fashion before. For a God to take human form, for a God to be subject to all we men and women are subject to, hunger, pain, thirst, grief, loss, tears, bleeding, temptation. What kind of God would do that? Why would any God throw himself into human affairs in some backwater town in the time of Caesar Augustus, when Quirinius was governor of Syria? Why would any God choose to be found in places such as Galilee and Nazareth and Judea and Bethlehem? Why would any God, who certainly doesn't have to do so, choose to be birthed to a young unwed couple who cannot even find a decent place to spend the night? Who would want anything to do with a God like that? Well, could it be that, that we do? Even with any fear we may carry, even in the midst of surrounding darkness, we want something to do with this one who does all he can out of a love so deep, choosing to take his place among us, to give himself to us fully tonight, withholding nothing. This is a God who, yes, wants us for Christmas. This is a God who wants to lead us out of dark places to be for us the light of life. So we arrive here in this season knowing much of darkness, and we we arrive with these words as background to all we say and to do this evening. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them as light shined. In him was life, and the life was the light of all. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true life that enlightens everyone was coming into the world, and he was in the world, and the world was made through him. Now, I know this. I know that I did not know this years ago when I was banging on a closet door from the darkness inside, yelling, let me out. I did not know this when I stooped in the subterranean damp darkness at the corner of Green and Willow, wayward ball in hand, many years ago. And sadly, I'm, I confess, I'm slow to realize this now, to realize the presence 
of holy light always breaking into my darkness. And it's true, the darkness is never far from us. Darkness of worry, darkness of anxiety, darkness of despair, darkness asking why, darkness saying, what's the use? Darkness wondering, is this as good as it gets? Darkness saying, I thought life would be better than this. The darkness is never far from us. But the darkness is never closer than the light. It's never closer than the light which breaks down all doors. It's never closer than the light which frees us from all dark, hidden places. It's never closer than the light breaking into our lives this evening. We may be slow to see, but the light never stops shining. The light will not be extinguished. The light shines in darkness, shines in our darkness as close to us as candles held in our hands. The darkness has not overcome it, never will. Beginning tonight, the light goes before us never to leave. The light shines in darkness. Those of us who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. And in this light is life. Tonight and tomorrow and always. We stand as we sing.
may be seated. We come now to the table of our Lord. Before we get there, I want to make sure as you came in this evening, everyone received either a candle. We also have battery-operated candles. If, if you did not receive one, we want to make sure you have that uh, before we move to the candle lighting. And it looks like everyone has received. Okay, everyone in the balcony as well? Okay, very good. Wonderful. We share in the great thanksgiving. We begin with this on page 9 in our hymnals. And there will be three responses that you will notice in bold print. The great thanksgiving prayer, as I offer, will differ slightly from what you find in your hymnals because what I share will be uh, especially appropriate to this Christmas Eve. But your responses will remain the same. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Your people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. You have multiplied the nation and have increased its joy. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. We rejoice as your people, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He gave himself to redeem us from all iniquity and to purify us for good deeds. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and to death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins, do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us, as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, 
Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. The Lord's Prayer is before us on page 10. I'll invite us to, to follow that offering of the Lord's Prayer as we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and to deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. This is the table of our Lord, to which each of you is invited. I'll invite you to come down the center aisle. There will be two stations here. As you approach, you will be offered a portion of the bread, which you will then dip into the cup that is held before you. Having received the body and blood of Christ, as you feel led to pray, certainly feel free to do so here at the communion rail and then return by the side aisles. But again, this is the Lord's table and he desires that each of you come and receive his body and blood. Our choir will come first. bottom of page 11 in our hymnals, we find a prayer with which we conclude the great thanksgiving. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And I'll invite us to stand as we share in this Christmas affirmation, and we will share responsibly. Let the love that shaped earth and heaven, let the love that created humanity, Let the love that overcomes suffering and hatred. Let the love that causes us to rejoice with loved ones. Let the love that forgives and renews. Let the love that brings reconciliation after separation. 
Let the love that brings the blessing of peace And may we share that peace with all people near and far. Amen. Well, we have come to this Christmas Eve, an occasion to remember how God has brought us to this place. We remember the words of prophets. We remember God's call of all those, such as John the Baptist, to help us prepare for this night. And as we remember, we are also people anticipating the light going before us, shining in dark places, a light that gives life to us all this night, in the days to come, and into God's gift of a new year. So as we remember and anticipate, we share the light. We pass the light from one to another. We will do so as the choral anthem is sung, and then we will be led into the singing of a silent night, and finally, joy to the world. So I will begin with lighting my candle from the Christ candle, and then our ushers I'll invite to come forward. They will receive from me the light, and they will make their way down the center aisle, lighting the candle of the one who's on the edge of the aisle. And it is helpful for us to tip the unlighted candle toward the lighted candle so that we don't have a waxy mess.
Let's lift that light so that all may see. What a glorious sight and glorious response to the glorious news that we share in this evening. We go now in peace, knowing that to us a Savior is born. God is with us, Emmanuel, and the light shines in the darkness never to be put out. Go now in peace in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sing we know well on this holy day. Sing. 